Hi guys, welcome back to the On The Rocks podcast with me, your host, Vanessa Rock. I think I forgot my name there for a second. Anyways, here we are, we're back. I am joined today by Dr. Morgan Anderson, who is a clinical psychologist and also a relationship coach. She is the host of the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast and the creator of the ESL Relationship Method. Basically, she helps women break the toxic dating cycle and raise their self-worth to attract the relationship that they've always wanted. And if On The Rock stands for anything, it's that. I am obsessed with Dr. Morgan. I think she is. She's one of my favorite conversations I've had on this podcast because it just flowed so well. And, you know, as a new podcast host, that doesn't always happen. But I was just so interested in what she had to say. And I am a strong believer in relationship attachment styles and, you know, figuring out mine and how to move towards more of a secure attachment style and Dr. Morgan breaks down all of the styles and then we talk about you know how to reverse some of the negative cycles we see ourselves going down and we talk about how to develop healthy habits in terms of not going for the same guy and you know not always you know searching for red flags but instead you know just knowing and holding your boundaries and and being assured and knowing that you will find the person who is meant for you one day and there are people who are securely attached out there and not everyone is the avoidant guy who's going to run away as soon as you tell him you like him uh trust me I thought they all were like that but um this is just a really eye-opening episode and I think if you do anything today obviously you're starting to listen uh it would be to listen to the entire episode because we don't just like talk about you know the main bulk of it at one point I think it really is uh laid out nicely in the episode there's so much valuable information in this episode and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it so I'm gonna stop rambling I'm so excited all right (laughs) here is today's episode Today, I have a very special guest who I'm very excited about, Dr. Morgan Anderson. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Vanessa. I'm super excited. It's a pleasure. I'm so excited. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about you. Give us the rundown. Yeah, so I am a clinical psychologist and I've been practicing for close to three years. Um, I used to have a private practice in La Jolla and now everything's gone virtual. So I have a telehealth private practice, uh, and I love clinical psychology. Um, but I started to realize that a lot of my clients would get a lot of insight about how they got to where they were, but then they didn't really have the tools to move forward. Um, and specifically in relationships. So then about two years ago, I started a coaching practice and I am also now a relationship coach. So I describe myself as clinical psychologist, relationship coach, and I am obsessed with athletic wear. Um, so if you listen to my podcast, one of the things in the intro is athletic wear connoisseur. Um, love that. Yeah, you know, and I am just so passionate about helping women stop toxic dating patterns and really get all the awareness and the tools that they need to attract a healthy, amazing partner because we are all so deserving of that. 
Yeah. And it's something we all look for. Yes. And and we never learn how, you know, there's no relationships 101. There's no attachment theory 101 in high school or college, right? So I just know that it's so needed. And I did not see um, the kind of help that I know I needed. I didn't see it being offered. So then yeah. I knew I had to go and create it. So here we are two years later. Um, and I love the work I do and I get to help so many amazing women and I have my podcast, let's get vulnerable, get to have these amazing convos with people like you. So anyways, I am just kind of living the dream (laughs) currently, um, on my parents' farm in Montana with 90 acres in the middle of nowhere. It's a place to be during the quarantine. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. What a nice like retreat almost. Yes, it honestly is to just have space and it's it's been wonderful. Good. I'm in my parents' house too, but uh, we're in the middle of the high desert of California, so it's not <laughs> that glamorous. Um, but I'm going back to San Diego at the end of this month, so I'm excited. I'm like, oh yes, I love San Diego. As you know, that's where I was most recently. It's a wonderful, wonderful place to be. Yeah. So where did you start out? Like, where did you go um, to college? Because you're from Montana. Yes, I did my undergrad in Montana, and then I did my doctorate at Pacific University, which is near okay. Portland, Oregon. So I was there for five years and really fell in love with Portland and then went to San Diego for my internship and postdoc and then joined a private practice and, you know, fell in love with San Diego. And now Montana because quarantine. So (laughs) you're all around the place. I am. Yes. Yes. Very cool. I love that you focus on relationships. I recently started therapy and it's something that I'm open about. I'm young, but I wanted to make sure that I'm getting the the great like foundation of knowing how to form positive relationships. Mm-hmm. And I did notice, I've noticed that, you know, I don't get advice. Like I get how to guide myself towards an answer mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. to guide myself towards positive um, actions and, and uh, behaviors. But I didn't get that like here's how you do it. You know, here's how yes. to stop your toxic, your toxic thing. So when I found out about you on the Hello and Goodbye podcast and I like looked at your Instagram and all of the things, I was like, this is the girl I need to talk to. Like <laughs> she has the answers. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm always growing myself, but yes, I love that about coaching that it's Hey, this is what you're doing. This is what you need to do. It's much more yeah. direct than therapy. Yeah. So it's Very good. Cool. Let's get into your coaching a little bit more because I'm fascinated by all of that. Yeah. You have your own method, right? It's called ESL. Yes. Can you break it down a little bit? Yes. It's not English as a second language, <laughs> which I didn't realize how many people would ask me that when I named it that. But, anyways, yes. Uh, So it is the empowered, secure, and loved method. And I named it that because that is how we all want to feel in relationships, right? Um, I think a lot of women and men too are in relationships and just don't really feel empowered, don't really know how to navigate it, feel like you're failing, feel like you're doing it all wrong. 
Um, so, you know, you end up feeling really lost. Uh, but essentially my belief and what I know to be true is that anyone, no matter how broken, quote unquote, or, you know, toxic, dysfunctional, their past has been or trauma, whatever, anyone can move towards security in relationships, towards healthy relationships. Um, and essentially, this program is designed to take you to operating with security and confidence and as your mm-hmm. best self um, in relationships and attracting a healthy relationship, even if you've never had one before. That's the yeah. cool thing is having women go through this. And then they, a lot of times at the end, they're so excited to date and they'll start dating someone. And they tell me, I have never had a relationship like this before. And it feels so good. Um, that just gives me goosebumps. Like that, that's why I do what I do. Everyone is deserving of a healthy relationship. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I love that. I think that's so necessary. I think we're formed, you know, like our childhood and everything, we're going to get into attachment styles. But we are formed to believe that we deserve, you know, we expect the love we think we deserve, right? That yeah, quote. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got a question about that. Like, how true is that? And I feel like we can work towards making that untrue to you know, expecting love that we want and that we deserve, like we deserve, but we think that we don't deserve enough. I think a lot of the time. And -hmm. I think it's important to know that like we deserve everything that we could potentially want. Oh my gosh. I love this. So a couple things. Um, number one, a lot of us, uh, think that we know what we want and we are in our conscious mind. We're like, yeah, I want a healthy relationship, of course. But unconsciously and in your relationship template, you have beliefs that you don't even know are there. And unconsciously, you are self-sabotaging yourself over and over. So that's actually one of the first things we do in the program is we examine your unconscious beliefs and and rewire it. So yes, all of us have that. Yeah. Awesome. So before we get into that, because I just like want to jump right in, I'm so curious uh, about attachment theory and styles and relationships and all of it. Um, On the rocks, we like to talk about cocktails. Uh, So what's your favorite cocktail or drink in general is fine too. So it's funny. So I, I actually kind of gave up alcohol for 2020. However, um, I still have a couple celebratory moments where I'll have a cocktail. Um, okay. like when I launched my podcast, I definitely had a cocktail. Um, <laughs> and my favorite one is a gin and tonic with lime with Hendrix gin specifically. Okay. <laughs> I could never, I've never had a gin and tonic. I don't think I've ever even had gin. You have to have Hendrix gin with lime it is so (laughs) refreshing it is crisp like i now i want one like it is so good (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing i'm more of a wine girl myself i need to branch out but i think during quarantine 
smart of you to decide 2020, like no alcohol. I, yeah, I didn't even know. But after New yeah. Year's, I just, you know, it's interesting. I, I just feel like I have so much energy and I just enjoy being around people and I'm so social. I don't even need alcohol, you know, like yeah. I know a lot of people use it as a way to feel more comfortable. I don't need it. Yeah. And I love to work out and alcohol and working out don't go together. So anyways, for 2020, I've had a total of two drinks this year. Good for you. I wish I could say the same, but that's amazing. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) You have time, girl. You'll get there. You have your 30s. Don't don't worry. You'll get there. I have a question like off off topic of, of cocktails. Does your necklace, what does it say? So um, it says Leo. Because okay, you're it's a Leo. Leo season. Leo season. I'm a Leo. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, I love I that. When's your birthday? August 18th. Oh, mine's the 17th. Okay. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel you're like I, I mesh. Yeah, <laughs> I mesh with Leos so well. Always. I know. Same here. And I never thought I would because, I mean, it's like talking like so to yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I love them. All of my friends are. Oh, I love them. Yeah, that's great. Okay, well, no wonder we're doing this podcast. There, there we go. Happy early birthday! Happy Leo season! Happy birthday month! Almost, yay! (laughs) It is a birthday month if you're Leo. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, now that we've got that out of the way, I had to ask. I knew it said that, but I just wanted to make sure. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so. Let's talk about what we're here to talk about, which is relationships. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I'm fascinated by attachment theory, attachment styles. Um, I mean, even my own. I feel like I've tried to take quizzes. I've tried to figure mm-hmm. it out. You know, I've tried to self-diagnose in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's really important and a very, you know, important thing to know about yourself when you're going into relationships. So can you give us a bit of a rundown on what attachment uh, theory is and some styles? Yes. So attachment theory is a very helpful thing to understand in general in your life, but particularly when you're dating. Um, Yeah, essentially, you know, we all have an attachment style that's been created Uh, And it began the moment you were born, and it's been developing your entire life. Um, It all started, maybe you remember Psych 101, 1950s, John Bowlby, Mary Ainsworth, they're doing experiments with baby monkeys, which would now be illegal now. Um, But they basically discovered that, you know, the most important thing when we're developing is a sense of security that secure base that, you know, we know that we can go to our parental figure for reassurance, for food, for support, for love. And it's predictable, reliable, and consistent. Mm -hmm. And guess what? A lot of us don't have that kind of childhood for whatever reason. And it's not to blame our parents, but it's just to acknowledge that for the truth for many people is we don't grow up with that kind of parental relationship. Mm -hmm. So out of our early experiences, we develop ways of getting our needs met um, that are not always the most healthy, but they were coping at the time. 
right? And this is where we have the different attachment styles. So we have um, secure attachment, we have avoidant, we have anxious, and then we have a disorganized style, which is a mixture of anxious and avoidant. Am I making sense so far? Yes, totally, completely. I always try to keep this really simple, right? Because I I do want everyone to understand. Um, So would you like me to break down the different types? Yeah, maybe just like a quick summary. Um, I feel like it's important because I feel like I've heard the, you know, the names like secure, anxious, avoidant, but I don't know specifically, you know, how you can tell. Okay. When someone yeah. is like, let's that. do that. Let's do that. Um, attachment theory applied here. What does it look like? So, <laughs> um, yeah. So anxious attachment. You know, this is likely someone who had a lot of uh, instability, and their needs were not met in a predictable way growing up. Um, so this is someone who feels the need for a lot of reassurance. They are okay. checking in on their partner a lot. They're they're constantly like oh my God, it's been two hours. They haven't texted me yet. Uh, Or, oh my gosh, we've been on three dates and we don't have plans for the next one. (laughs) They're they're needing that reassurance that, okay, this person is going to be there. They're going to be reliable, right? Um, And then avoidant attachment. This is likely somebody who you know, instead of learning the strategy of, okay, I need a ton of reassurance, they learn the strategy of, I can only depend on myself. I need to meet my needs. And if I depend on somebody else, I won't get those needs met. Um, and they also have fears about not being good enough and being rejected. So anyways, their, their strategies are, how can I not get as close um, so, so this is the guy who maybe you have a great date, everything goes really well, and then you don't hear from them for two weeks. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Or maybe, okay. yeah, maybe you have a conversation um, where it's like, wow, this is going really great. I really like you. Um, but then they're, they tell you the next day, like, hey, I'm not ready for this. You know? I can't tell you how many avoidant men I've, I've met in my life. <laughs> like I feel like it's a majority. <laughs> well, an interesting fact, and and you know, here's the thing: in society, the stereotype is that women are anxious and men are avoidant, but that's not true. Mm. There are anxious men, there are avoidant women. Um. Yeah. So, but but the other thing is that statistically, there are more avoidant people in the dating pool, right? Because mm. they're not in a relationship because they're avoiding intimacy. So it makes sense that you feel like, Vanessa, that you have run into a lot of avoidant folks. Hmm. So, and then disorganized attachment is this fun little mixture of anxious and avoidant strategies. And if you are experiencing that yourself, it's so confusing. And if you're dating someone with that strategy is also really confusing. Um, But, you know, I do want to say this self-compassion with these strategies. It's not as though you were born with this kind of template for a relationship. This developed out of your experiences. So you have to have so much compassion for yourself as you're understanding how you show up. 
Totally. So you mentioned that this happens like before the age of seven, right? Where you're developing these thoughts. Yeah, it starts then. Um, okay. And then it honestly continues to develop throughout your life. Okay, that was something that I wanted to like make sure of because I was thinking back and I was like, man, like I'm trying to figure out what my style is and I feel like it could be a bit anxious. And my childhood was very stable. You know, my parents yep. were very much there. And mm-hmm. then I think as I developed and like had learned behaviors that, you know, came from interactions with even just friends and and mm-hmm. relationships that have taught me these different ideals. So I think that was conflicting for me when realizing what my style was. Um, because I know that like my life hasn't always been the same level of stability, but it's also was very stable when I was younger. So it was an interesting tidbit I noticed. Yeah. You know, the early research was pointing towards, oh, this is, you know, developed by the time you're seven or this only develops at that time. But more recent research has shown that attachment style develops throughout your life and is certainly impacted by your romantic relationships. And I would argue, actually, that your early romantic relationships have a big impact. Hmm. So, like the first person you date. So, because it's your first, it's your template. Yeah, it's your template. It's the first time you really love somebody, right? You know, that leaves a, a template for you. You learn behaviors. Totally. Um, so, definitely beyond age seven. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, when you say um, also that it's developed throughout your life. That that means that you can work on this. It's not like a dedicated set, mm-hmm. you know, template like you said. Um, and I think that's really important, and that's probably a big part of your coaching. And when you're talking mm-hmm. about attachment styles, right? Yes. Thank you for bringing this point up because I kind of get on a soapbox with this a little bit. So there are some people in the attachment theory world who will say that, no, you know, your attachment style is your attachment style. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have to find a partner who's going to help you get to security. Um, but what I know to be true is that you can always move towards secure attachment. It is not, it is not something that is static. You know, this is, um, this is plastic. We would talk about neuroplasticity. You can rewire your brain for secure attachment as I have done. And as I have seen many, many, many of my clients do. So it is possible. Okay. Very good to know. I think that's really important because if you get stuck in the thought that you're always going to be this way, then you have no motivation to change at all. Exactly. Huh? Okay. This is good. This is good to know. So I did have some questions surrounding attachment theory that listeners asked Great. that I thought was impo- thought were important to bring up just so we can get some more, you know, practical answers on how to work through this. Um, and we'll get into that a bit. Um, so one of the questions I thought was interesting is how to, you know, de- decipher what is a red flag Versus what is your own anxious attachment style? Mm. Kind of how to, you Mm -hmm. know, not freak out versus Mm -hmm. not stay around for too long when something actually is a red flag. 
Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think there's gonna be times where it's anxious attachment and it's being triggered and your immediate reaction is to call them out on it or, or maybe, um, leave, you know? Mm -hmm. So one of the things I would say is you need to be able to self soothe, do some, what I call reality testing, which I thought everyone knew what that meant, but then I realized it was a psychology term. Um, Basically, it's using cognitive restructuring or cognitive behavioral therapy to challenge your thoughts so that Mm. you can come to reality. Yeah. Essentially, you're looking at the evidence. So what I'm saying is you want to be able to get into your logical mind and Mm. look at the evidence and then go from there, right? Because if it's an anxious attachment I, I want to call it like a, you know, like an over, an overreaction or a reaction that's not helpful for you. Um, that's likely going to come up in the moment. So if you just take, take a deep breath, do some reality testing, you can figure out what the best path forward is. Totally. I feel like as um, a lot of people that I know, and specifically me, if I see a red flag or if I see someone's shift in text message or mm-hmm. you know their attitude towards me, I tend to feel the need to call it out and to either do that or run. So I relate to this question, mm. and I've learned that I have to take a day. Yes. To you know step back, step back and reflect and think if I'm being rational. Mm-hmm. Um. Because it you it would hate you would hate to like overreact in the moment and then look back and and regret it because you could have you know worked through yeah. your your own issues before you did that yeah and and you know I will say this so let's say you do that and you go you know what it was a red flag that they said they were gonna call me two days in a row and then they didn't and you go yeah mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lack of investment here. Um, what what you can do is then have a conversation with them from a securely attached place, from a reality place, right? <laughs> um, and you can say, hey, you know, I noticed this. I want to check in with you. Where are you at, right? Yeah. So on the same note, if you were to also have an anxious attachment style, which I feel like I'm kind of focusing on, but it's the questions I got. Maybe sure. a lot of people think they have this style. Um, when you are trying to get over someone or move past a situation um, and you have this anxious style, this person asked, or a, a, a need for codependency is something they also brought up. How would you, um, in whatever way you can answer this, uh, work to improve that and move through that? Yeah. So, you know, actually going through a breakup is oftentimes when I see people, when they realize, oh, I really need to work on this because if not, I'm just going to date someone new and then the same thing is going to happen. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times when I work with women, it's right after a breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, and what ends up happening is there's emotional carryover from the past, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you're finding that, oh my gosh, it is so hard to get over this person, I can't stop thinking about them, 
This is really, really hard. Um, it's normal, number one. Um, but number two, it's likely connected to something deeper, right? Mm. So a lot of times it's related to that attachment wound being poked. It's related to, oh my gosh, uh, the confirmed belief that I'm unlovable and that any relationship I get into will end and people will leave me and I'm not good enough. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's bringing up all those things. So one of the best things you can do is invest in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Be, totally. be working on, be working on you and then set boundaries with the person. Totally. You, you just have to have space. Totally. I think that's something that a lot of people forget in breakups and mm-hmm. ending of flings is that no contact is sometimes the best contact. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, like, I mean, I've been the person who's like, oh, I need that contact. I need mm-hmm. something to feel like they don't or they miss me or they mm-hmm. regret it. And then when I finally was able to set those boundaries, I could move on so much faster. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's something I feel like people miss. You know, they don't go through the fa- the, the ending. They let it mull and continue. Yes. And that can cause a lot of anxiety and a yes. lot of doubts. I Yes, exactly. I was talking about this kind of recently. I have a metaphor that I actually got from Halsey. I love Halsey. But um, <laughs> she talks about plastic plants. So anyways, a relationship that no longer has potential. You know, you are basically watering a plastic plant and hoping that it will grow. You're giving your valuable energy, your valuable space to something that is not serving you, right? So you have to make the space for a plant that you could water and that could grow. And sometimes I feel like that's yourself in Mm -hmm. a sense where like, yes, you have to give up that plastic plant and you have to do that. And maybe there isn't someone who's ready to come in to be that actual plant, right? <laughs> if we're going to keep yes. the metaphor. No, yeah. Keep the space open. That's the best yeah. thing at times is to yeah. just have the open space and then to use that energy for you. Yes. That's my big thing right now. I've decided I'm not dating. I had Good. the plastic plant I was watering. And I'm, I'm here. I'm open. I still have the dating apps if necessary. But right now, this energy is being used for me. And I know that when I'm ready for a new relationship, I will be 10 times more self-aware and prepared to do the necessary work to maintain it. I love that. (laughs) Yay. You're wise beyond your years here. (laughs) I can guarantee you I was not at that place at your age. Well, that's probably why you started digging into it, right? Well, this is why, I mean, I went through a decade of horrible relationships, which is why, you know, I'm so passionate about this work because I truly know how terrible it is to go through it. Yeah. So you're figuring it out soon. I'm excited for you, girl. This is good. Thank you. Take that time Thank for you. yourself. Yeah. No, I love it. And I think it's so important. I try to preach it as much as I can that self-development is, you know, the most positive thing you can do for yourself. And right now we have so much time. Yes. And no excuse to not do that work. Yes. So. Exactly. Here we are <laughs> doing it. 
<laughs> I love that. And I love these questions. You get great questions from your listeners. That's awesome. I know. I was not expecting this, but I think people are really are really interested because I mean, people are also doing the work, which is mm-hmm. good. And some mm-hmm. of them are my listeners, which is good. Love that. <laughs> so a question that I also have is something I've got asked, but I also feel very deeply. Um And the question goes, like, why am I always attracting the same kind of person? And I feel like this has to do with attachment styles and relationships in general. So I wanted to bring it up. Um, Yeah, I guess if there's a a way you can analyze, you know, why people attract the same Mm -hmm. person always and feel the same result. Mm -hmm. Yes. um, You know, if you have an anxious attachment style that you have no awareness of and you haven't really worked through and you're in a room full of, let's say, 100 guys and only one of them has an avoidant attachment style, you will find that guy, mm-hmm. um, which is so frustrating to people because, yes, you are like a magnet to someone who essentially um, matches up with your template for love. Right. So Mm -hmm. if I have an anxious attachment style, my beliefs are that I have to work really hard in relationships, that people are not going to be very available for me. Um, you know, that I'm going to be too much, et cetera. So I'm only really attracted to people who meet that template or yeah. So yeah, There's that. And then there's an even, there's a deeper theory on this too, which I talk about. Um, You want me to expand? Like I know I'm ranting. (laughs) No. But I know people love this. (laughs) I'm, I'm living for it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So the, the deeper theory here, and this goes back to our friend Freud, who did have some good ideas and some really crazy ones, but this was one of his good ones. And he talks about repetition compulsion, which Mm. is this idea, okay, that if there's been a painful relationship dynamic or pattern in our past uh, that we have not worked through, that maybe we're not even fully aware of it, um, that we will actually repeat that comfortable yet painful relationship dynamic. Uh, over and over with the unconscious wish that we would have a different outcome. Yeah. So if just this time I could have a different outcome, somehow unconsciously we feel that would make up for all the other times that this thing happened to us. Finally, I'll be, you know, rescued and have the, the needs met. Uh, yeah. And it's, Horribly damaging to people to go through relationships in that way because it's it's simply not possible to do. No. And also, I feel like there is the sense that you're looking for those people or you tend to find those people because that's something that's not fixed internally. Yeah. So you haven't done that work to work through your attachment style and reframe your thought. So it's going to continue happening until you do that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's so maddening because I used to do this where 
you get into a new relationship and you're like, oh, this one's different, right? Mm-hmm. Like they seem <laughs> different. It's like, you know, wow, finally, finally. Yep. But then guess what? The same thing happens. And it's because yes. of that unconscious framework that even if on the surface, it seemed like you were dating somebody new and different and healthy. No, you just repeat the nope. same pattern. Hmm. Is there any other way to work through that or to recognize like, what would you say would be an easy way to not an easy? None of this is easy. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, <laughs> but a way to, you know, identify that you're doing that. Um, so yeah, a way to know. So I, I mean, if you have had like similar relationship patterns over and over, if you feel like you are always the one that's over investing, or maybe you're always the one who's ending relationships, you know, shout out to our avoidantly attached folks too, right? Like you're yeah. always the one who's running away or things get close and you have to end it or you have a history. I mean, I have worked with people who they they can tell me, you know, their last five relationships, uh, they ended it after the person said, I love you. Like, if you have some kind of pattern, yeah. then likely you're doing this. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yep. My jaw <laughs> dropped because that's so true. Like what you said about the, the saying, I, they say, I love you and you drop them. That's a pattern. Yeah. And I, that's not something people realize. That's just something they don't feel comfortable with. They right. don't put it into the, into the section of their brain that's like, this is a pattern. And yeah. this is something that needs to be worked on. And they're like, oh, I just don't like when people tell me they love me because I have never been loved or whatever maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they don't realize it. W- one of my favorite avoidant strategies, because I actually used to do this one too, um, is only dating long distance. Mm. If you're like, yeah, my last four relationships, one was in Colombia, <laughs> the other one was in Connecticut and you know New York and Miami. Um, okay, something's going on. <laughs> yeah, like, there's something that needs to be worked on there. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I think people can see like a lot of the different attachment styles in themselves. Would you say that we have uh, characteristics of all of them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We have a That's good to know. We have a tendency that maybe we hang out in the most. That's kind of our, our go-to. But we all have, and we all have secure tendencies. I really want to emphasize that. You know, you do have capacity to show up securely attached. But it may just be that right now, you know, 50% of the time it's anxious, 25 it's avoidant, and then only 25 is it secure. So it's all Mm. about how can you show up as securely attached as your go-to response instead of the other attachment styles. Hmm. So when we're moving towards security, I'm trying to think of how to word this. We want to move towards security. That's the idea. That's the goal. If hmm. we are noticing in a relationship that we have some sense of anxious attachment or avoidant attachment, what are some ways we can pivot to bringing in that secure attachment to not overwhelm, I mean, to overwhelm or to, you know, silence the others. Yeah. So, I mean, 
what what I will say this is I think consciously we know we all want that. Um, mm. but but likely there's unconscious things that are preventing you. So I would say, I mean, you you have to just be willing to do the deeper work. Okay. Yeah. So so that's just my little caveat. But then practically, like let's say we're putting this into practice. Um, I always talk about creating security in a relationship. There's two things. You get to create it yourself, right? So Mm -hmm. I talk about developing security strategies that you can do on your own. And there's a few Mm -hmm. of those. And then there's strategies for co-creating security within a relationship. Mm -hmm. So both approaches But if you have not developed your own security creating strategies, it's too much stress on a relationship to be the source of that security. Totally. So do you think this work has to be done alone? Or like you said, you can do it together, but before you do that work together, you have to have that sense of self on your own? So, I mean... You can date while you're doing this. I always get the people who come in my program for whatever reason. I don't know why, but when we get through some of the modules in the beginning, they all start to date and they're like, oh my gosh, am I supposed to date while I'm doing this? And my answer is yes, you can date while you're doing the work. But here's the thing. Your partner cannot do your work for you, right? Yep. That is separate from the work of their relationship. So, and both people need to be committed to their individual growth, which I know is one thing to say, and it's a whole other thing to see it in practice. And to find. And to find. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dating in my early 20s, I'm newly on the dating scene. I've had serious relationships. I've had flings, all of the things. And I don't think I've found one guy, I mean, I'm only in my early 20s, that has been willing to commit to that work. Hmm. So do you think it's necessary for men to also do this work? I mean, I know it is, but (laughs) they're not Uh, told that often. Yeah, there's not as much of a space for men to talk about these things or to take ownership. And it's interesting. I actually do work with men privately. Um, and I have some of them reach out to me. And I think the thing to know is that they're just like us. They're trying to figure it yeah. out. They're they're not perfect. Um, and there are a lot of healthy, healthy men out there who really, really want to show up in a relationship. And when I was anxiously attached, I would have called BS on that so fast. Yep. <laughs> So girl, I know what you're saying, but I, you know, I want to say that they yeah. are out there. Good. A lot of times it's about who you're attracted to right now. Yeah. So when you get to that point on your own, you'll find those people. Potentially. They are out there. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay. Good to know. My anxious attached self is not calling BS anymore. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad. Let's see here. I just want to ask a couple more questions before we wrap up because I feel like this has been such a great conversation and like I feel like I'm I'm learning a lot and I think the listeners are too. So, let's talk about healthy relationships a little bit more since we are on the topic of moving out of um, you know, your toxic patterns and your styles. Um, 
some qualities to look for in a healthy relationship. So instead of, you know, looking and trying to find red flags, uh, instead we pivot to looking for healthy symbols that, you know, attract you. How would you uh, recommend that we can start that process? Yes. So one of the things to think about is someone's willingness to communicate is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, so open, honest, direct communication, AKA assertive communication. Um, also when you set a boundary early on in a relationship, it's a great way to gather data. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to note, and I always, I always tell people you're a love scientist in the beginning, you're gathering yep. data, you're getting information, right? You want to see how somebody responds to a boundary, right? Mm-hmm. So, and guess what? During this time, there's actually a lot of boundaries. Maybe some, you know, if, depending on where you are, some of you may not feel comfortable meeting in person, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a boundary you have to set. And then you get to see how that person responds. Do they honor it? Do they hear you out? Do they say, oh, you're ridiculous. You're overreacting and invalidate you. Um, so. A healthy relationship, somebody's going to hear your boundary. They're going to honor it. They're going to want to know your perspective. Hmm. Um, and so I think it's easy at that yeah. point to call out what's the red flag there. Yes. Instead of looking for it, you set the boundary, which is an important part of everything, boundaries. Yes. Um, and then you collect the data. Okay. Set the boundary. Know. Collect the data. Um, someone who has their own boundaries. Right. If they're if, you know, you're like, hey, I really love to see you on Thursday. And they're like, you know what? Um, I always play tennis with Mark on Thursday. I have to do that. That's actually really attractive. Right. So secure when when someone is secure, they're going to have their own boundaries and they're going to honor your boundaries. Uh, They're going to be able to have open, honest, direct communication. Um, another thing in healthy relationships is the pacing. Talk about relationship pacing. Mm. I like to use a pool metaphor for this. So, you know, you don't want somebody who is diving into the deep end of the pool and they are all in. And then maybe, you know, you're hanging out in the three feet section and it's like, ah, what just happened? Right. When mm-hmm. when it's a healthy relationship, you are pacing the relationship together. You're hanging out in the same part of the pool together, and there's open, honest conversations about where where you're at. Yep, yep. I feel like that's a very important important part that people miss, and it's something I've missed so many times because it's exciting when someone is all in at first and they want to know everything about you and they want to spend every day with you. Yeah. You're just like, oh my God, he likes me. Uh-huh. Like, wow, finally, right? But that isn't a good sign. No, it's not. Huh. Okay. That's good <laughs> to know. Yeah. You know, investment in the relationship should be – um slow, consistent, and happening over time, right? Okay. And then when it comes to vulnerability, vulnerability of really sharing who you are and, you know, what what you want and maybe even physical intimacy, um, but it needs to be reciprocal and gradual as well. 
completely. Yeah. I love these. I love these these signs and these these things that you should know because yes. I think it's so easy to ignore. It to is. just fly into a relationship and to not think. And then when it dies out within the next month, you're left confused and you don't know why. Yeah. I would love for you to share a quote or something that uh, has helped you maybe even just in your own coaching practice and how you have maneuvered through your healthy relationships or attachment styles. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this today and, you know, the one, the one that comes to mind for me is this one. She was never quite ready, but she was brave. And the universe listens to brave. Um, I know for myself, I, you know, never felt ready to actually deal with my patterns and relationships. It was scary. Um, it was something I had to do a lot on my own. You know, there wasn't really a me when I was trying to figure this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um there wasn't as much coaching available. You know, I was like, how do I do this? I never really felt ready, but you know, I did it. I did it anyways. Um, and, and I do believe that when we show up and we get some clarity on where we're headed towards and what we know we want and deserve that the universe (laughs) will listen, right. Completely. In, In the same way, when you rewire your brain and you change your attachment strategies, you meet somebody who's securely attached, right? Like the, the universe listens to to where you're at and how you're showing up. Totally. Yeah. I have no other words because it's exactly how it <laughs> needs to be said. I'm a huge believer in the universe and you know <laughs> what you put in is what you get. And when you put in the work and the effort and the time, you're going to get out what you need and what you want. Exactly. It's so funny because you know I grew up in Mon- I grew up in Montana and the term the universe was just like always such a hippy dippy thing. And um, it's still, if I ever say that around my family, they're like, you hung out in California for way too long. So if you heard me say the universe and you're like, whoa, I totally get to, I know. But at the same time, just embrace it, right? Totally embrace just it. Embrace I think it. the first time I heard that, I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? The law of attraction? What is all of this? Like, yeah. you have to read books, the Daily Stoic? Like, what the hell? And now I'm like, zen. Like, I know. I <laughs> you judge it until you actually do it. That's all I'm going to say. There you go, people. Words from the wise. The universe <laughs> is, 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 a, is a thing. The universe is a thing. Shout yourself out. Where can we find you? How can we find your coaching? When did it start up? All of the things. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so I would absolutely love to hear from each and every one of you. You can shoot me a direct message on Instagram at Dr. Morgan Coaching. It's just Dr. Morgan Coaching. Um, And then the exciting announcement I have is my coaching program, the Empowered, Secure, and Loved eight-week program is reopening at the end of August, August 24th. Um, and I'm accepting applications starting now. So if that's something that you know that you need, you can go to the link in my bio and in Instagram and click apply here. 
um, or just or just send me a message and let me know you're interested. But there's a limited number of spots. Um, and I, I mean, I'm so passionate about this program. I'm really, really, really excited for the next round and the next group of women they get to serve and, and help. So would love to hear from you if you know you need that. Very cool. Is it a group program or is it individual? So it's actually a combination. I like to have a group component. There's a weekly group call, which um, everyone is anxious about at first, but then they love because it's a community of women going through the same thing you are, right? So um, there's that. And then there are one-on-one coaching sessions with me too, because I know that's really valuable. And you get access to modules, to um, online modules. You get access for life with all the content that you need. So very cool. Yeah. Yay. Thank you so much for coming on. I feel like this is one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. I'm not just saying that. Um, I am so excited for people to hear and listen and learn about attachment styles and, you know, you, Dr. Morgan (laughs) Anderson, and all about, you know, what you're about. Yeah, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for having me. I I mean, I love your your podcast, your platform, all that you're doing. I think that you. there you know, there needs to be more discussions like this out there. So I know that people are really benefiting from what you're doing. So keep doing and you it. You have a podcast too. I oh, that's right. I do. Let's get vulnerable. Yeah. So make sure to check that out too, everyone. I'll make sure to link everything on the Instagram post. So you will be able to find it. Yes. It's available anywhere. Podcasts are aired. Come check it out. My episodes are usually um, pretty short. They're just like quick tidbits, Um, but very, very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun.